Hey, this morning we want to um, take a little bit of time to just open up the scriptures and uh, spend a little bit of time just setting the scene for a new year and uh, here at the vineyard. So if you have your Bible, you might want to open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, or get your phone app and get it ready. It will be on the screen shortly. But um, while you're doing that, I just want to open up um, a few questions for you this morning. Without a doubt, we are living in a really complex age. Without a doubt, we are living in a really complex time, aren't we? It's like even the speed of, of change and life practices keeps changing all of the time, and it seems like it's getting more rapid every day in some senses. Um, you, just the other day, Nicole and I were sitting on the couch having a chat with our son, Luke. He's uh, 19 and a half now, and um, we were talking to him about the time when the world was worried because of the Y2K bug. And at, at the stroke of midnight at 1999, as it was about to click into the year 2000, the whole world was panicked that everything was just going to somehow stop. Computers would stop, clocks would stop, cars would stop, aeroplanes would literally fall out of the sky because their computers wouldn't know what to do. It was just this huge time of global anxiety. And, and Luke was like, he was like amazed at the idea because he was born in 01. Yes. <laughs> He was born in 01. He was born in 01. And so, um, you know, he was, this, this idea was foreign to him. But when you, you know, if you just think some of you are from, you know, 2000 and before, uh, but just think about the complexities of life that have accelerated even just from the year 2000. The whole idea of, you know, walking around with one of these and being connected to each other and this thing called Wi-Fi, the whole time, 24-7, there's no, remember the old dial-up? I can't do the sound effects, ding, 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 you know, and you'd have to wait for two minutes for it finally, then you could get onto this thing called the World Wide Web. Well, this thing is just like accelerated like crazy, but all of the changes that have come with the acceleration of both all of these complex things and yet you know, the, the idea is that with all of these complex things, our lives are meant to become easier and simpler. But I, I, I'm not so sure that they have. Uh, they've certainly become uh, faster. There's certainly a sense of pace about it that, um, that this, this whole reality has released into the world. And, and some of that pace is a really good thing. Um, but some of the things that are frustrating about that pace is once upon a time you would send an email and if you got an email back from someone, you know, maybe a week later, great. <laughs> now if you send a text message and you don't get, or an iMessage, you don't get a message back inside 30 seconds, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong with them? What have I done? They're not talking to me. It's like this is this crazy acceleration on one hand and yet at the other hand, that same acceleration is a really amazing thing where, you know, Nicole and I, we went, we were in Los Angeles together one time and we were at this big shopping centre and 
uh, we didn't, this was before mobile phones, and so we were at this shopping centre and we got lost from each other. And we were just like, how, how do you find each other? Well, now we just like, where are you in the shopping centre? I look up, find my friends, and oh, yeah, Nicole's down there. I'll go down and find her. And it's just a sense of ease and a sense of safety, and that's great. Love it. That's really amazing. You know, it sort of helps us. But this world that we're living in is certainly complex. And as we start this new year, I was reminded about how John Wimber, the founding, one of the founding fathers of the Vineyard Movement, he, he, in his testimony about when he met Jesus as his Lord and his Saviour, he tells this account of how he was in this lounge room at a small group, and then all of a sudden it was like God reached into his life, into his heart, and he gave his life to God. He gave his life to Jesus. But in that moment of the giving of his life, he had this picture come into his mind and his heart. And this picture was of where he used to work in Las Vegas. And on the streets in Las Vegas, there was a guy who would wear a sandwich board. And he would walk up and down the the, the streets of Las Vegas, and on the front of the sandwich board, it said, I'm a fool for Christ. And then on the back of the sandwich board, it said, whose fool are you? I'm a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? And John just had in that moment this simplicity of realising he belonged to Jesus no matter what the world might say. And it's interesting, you know, the scriptures talk about how God has taken the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. And we can unpack a little bit about that. But but John somehow personalised that in a way that made sense and invitation for people to realise, you know what, there is something about doing relationship with God that is meant to be just simple. I belong to Jesus. And yet when you lean into the simplicity of that idea and that relationship, somehow the complexity of our world wants to squash that and say it's not enough. The simplicity of that is not enough. And then there's all sorts of things that come with that. But as you start this year? There's a couple of just leading questions. Who do you belong to? Who have you given yourself to as you start this year out? What about how are you going to navigate this year? What's this year going to look like for you? You're feeling a little bit unsure about how to navigate this year. Are you feeling a little inadequate about the idea of navigating this year? I'm maybe a little inadequate as a parent, maybe a little inadequate as a, someone in the workplace who's supposed to know what they're doing. Maybe you're feeling a little inadequate in regards to um, just how do I actually use the resources that my life is meant to be handling and stewarding? Do I feel a little little inadequate about the invitation of Jesus, those big, bold invitations? He says, you'll do even greater things than these when he was meaning like heal the sick, cast out demons and raise the dead. 
You feeling a little inadequate in the light of some of those questions? What about in this world where everybody has got something to say, but if you dare say what you think, look out. Are you feeling a little like, oh gosh, I don't know what to say anymore. I don't know how to say it without getting shouted down or shut down. Is it really okay just to be able to say, well, I belong to Jesus in our world right now, in our cultural moment, in our context? What about all of the, um, you know, the popular and the the fashionable wisdom that's kind of here today and then in 12 months' time, it's like, oh, that's so outdated, man. Catch up. You need to be more progressive. And, and you somehow get lost in the swill of all of that. It's just going backward and forward and backward and forward. And yet there's actually nothing new under the sun. As King Solomon, the wisest person that the Bible says was walking around on planet earth there for a while he says well actually there's absolutely nothing new under the sun and yet every you know the fashionable wisdom would be well you need to follow this philosophy you need to think like this in regards to your sense of identity or your sense of gender or your sense of well-being there's it's philosophies that come and then they go and then that was last so last year you need to catch up all of these things is, is what we're living in at the start of this year. And I just love the echoes of John Wimber. I'm a fool for Jesus. Whose fool are you? What have you given yourself to? Who have you given yourself to? As you start this year, I believe that the, if you're a little unsure, take heart. The Holy Spirit is a wonderful leader in our lives. Take heart. There's a big invitation from the Holy Spirit to say, it's all right, I got you. I'm in you. Listen to me and I'll show you the way. It'll look a lot like Jesus. If you're feeling a little inadequate about your own sense of self or what you could even bring to the conversation in your workplace or in your, at, at the university or in your, you know, your, your relationships with your friends down the street, it's okay. You'll know what to say in the moment. The Holy Spirit is there. And sometimes we, because of the I don't know what to say and because of all of the, the influences of the social world that we live in 24-7 online and in reality, everyone's wanting to say, well, you've, if you're going to present yourself, it needs to look like this or it's not presentable. And sometimes that disempowers us it disempowers people to the point where we always our first response is well I, I don't I don't know what to say I've got nothing to say and that's just not true because when you sit down with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a cold beer or a red wine and some cheese you guys have got plenty to say it's just the fashionable wisdom of the age that's saying shh when in fact you've got a lot to say. Christ lives in you. And if Jesus doesn't live in you, I want to invite you today for him to come and live in you and for you, more importantly, to live in him. 
Today's a great day to start a year like this. Have you got your Bible? Let's open it up. 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm going to read it from the message version. I kind of like, I like the way Peterson's written this one. It'll be on the screen. So he's writing to the Corinthian church, okay? Now the guys in Corinth, at this time, Paul's not with them. Paul's, Paul helped plant that church, and the Corinthian church is a, like, it's a real motza. It's a real, it's a great mess of people coming into relationship with Jesus and trying to figure this all out together. It's like God's forming this new society in the earth to speak to the world and to provoke the kingdom of darkness by gathering all of these people who you would never in your wildest dreams bring together to tell a story. And yet God's doing this in the earth. And so Paul started this church in Corinth and he spent a few years, you can read about it back in Acts chapter 18, he spent a few years banging around in the high society end of town in Corinth, banging around in all of the schools of philosophy and the halls of public debate and Paul, he could keep it up there with the best of them. And yet, here's what he says to the Corinthians. Now they're trying to fix figure out how to walk life. You know, some of them have got issues with alcohol. Some of them are like got some really weird and whacked out sexual practices. Some of them are just like, hey, I've got money. Do you mean I have to share it now? What's the deal with that? They're trying to figure out what does it mean to be the people of the kingdom of God in the earth to reflect what it is in the heavens to bring renewal to the whole world. Now, Paul's gone on. He's heard that they're making a bit of a mess, and so he sends them a letter. He sends them an email, sends them a text. You'll remember, friends, that when I first came to you to let you in on God's masterstroke, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First, Jesus, and who he is, Then Jesus and what he did, Jesus crucified. I was unsure how to go about this and I felt totally inadequate and I was scared to death. Now we read the Bible like this guy is an absolute giant and a hero and that he is. But part of being a hero and a giant is his vulnerability before others. I was scared to death, if you want to know the truth of it. And so nothing I said could have impressed you or anyone else. That's so good. But the message came through anyway. God's spirit and God's power did it, which made it clear that your life of faith is a response to God's power and not to some fancy mental or emotional footwork by me or anyone else. Don't you just love that? Just, just catch that for a minute. Just let that, let that ride over your heart and your mind for a moment. We, of course, have plenty of wisdom to pass on to you once you get your feet on the firm spiritual ground. But it's not popular wisdom 
the fashionable wisdom of a high-priced expert, that will be out of date in a year or so. God's wisdom is something mysterious that goes deep into the interior of his purposes. So he's really saying, this thing that we've been caught up in with Jesus, this thing is ancient. This was long here before anyone came along. So when everyone, anyone's running around saying, what's the next thing? What's the next new thing? The next new thing is Jesus. And it's been the long ancient wisdom of God, Jesus. You don't find it lying around on the surface. It's not the latest message, but more like the oldest and what God determined as the way to bring out his best in us long before we ever arrived on the scene. The experts of our day haven't a clue about what this eternal plan is. If they had, they wouldn't have killed the master of the God-designed life on a cross. That's why we have this scripture text. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like this. What God has arranged for those who love him. But you have seen and heard it because, by, because God by his spirit has brought it all out in the open before you. What a great scripture to start the year with. That we've been caught up into an ancient thing that's renewing the world more every day. If you don't get it, when you listen to Paul when he writes, it's just, he's so awesome. He is so totally fixated on Jesus in all of his letters. He's always like, Jesus, some da 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 Jesus, da 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 wisdom of God, Jesus. In fact, he says in the NIV that the start of that scripture says, while I was among you, I resolved to know nothing else among you except Jesus and him crucified. Well, come on, mate, play a new record. No, that's the only record to play. Tell us something new. Well, let me tell you, in this age, what has been long held is what this age needs in the person of Jesus. As this year starts, Nicole and I, as, just, as Jesus people, we want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. We want to welcome you to the centrality of Jesus, his lordship and his kingship over our life as individuals and our life together following him. We want to welcome you to the centrality of Jesus shaping and maturing our identity as loved children of God the Father in whom his Holy Spirit dwells. We want to welcome you into the centrality of that. We want to welcome you into the centrality of Jesus as he draws us all deeper into the joy of sharing in his community in the earth. You see, he's called you to himself and he's called you to each other. And he's put his spirit upon you. 
And he graces you all so wonderfully, uniquely, differently, at times both in power and in personality. We belong to each other, even as we belong to him. We want to welcome you to the community of Jesus' kingdom in the earth. We want to welcome you to the centrality of Jesus, empowering us with the Father's will and the Holy Spirit flowing through us, flourishing with fruit, flourishing with signs and wonders, radical generosity and faith, where you took last year's measures of victories of obedience and you put them back in the centre of the table and you say, all right, God, we're all in. Let's go again. Show me the more of what there is to know about you and your kingdom. We want to say welcome to the centrality of Jesus as he matures us and grows us up into being his ambassadors so that when the world looks at you and me, they see the king himself. We want to welcome you to that maturing experience of where his spirit rests upon you and anoints you with authority to speak the words of the king himself into the context in which you live without apology, but with freedom and joy. We want to welcome you to bring the kingdom of God into your daily life settings, into your families, your workplace relationships, the places of higher learning and even the arts. We want to welcome you into the life of the kingdom of God. God is so busy at work in all of these spaces and places. Welcome to the centrality of Jesus loosening the grip on our financial anxieties. Oh, that's so good. So good. Loosening the grip and bringing us into the generosity of his kingdom even more. Welcome to the centrality of Jesus and his compassion filling us at the most inappropriate moments where it's socially awkward and yet somehow our hearts are filled for the people that we're with. For the harassed, for the broken, for the poor and for the ones in particular that our society has left behind and said they're not worth listening to and yet they have something to say. We want to welcome you to the centrality of Jesus being our waking thought when we rise every day and enter into the newness of his mercy and his forgiveness and his empowering for that very day. And we want to welcome you into the centrality of Jesus being our final thought. Our final thought as we lay our heads on the pillow each night. And that with the meditation of our heart would flow thanksgiving as we go to rest at night. We want to welcome you to the centrality of loving people well. Nicole did a great message on that a couple of weeks back in our Advent series. And I encourage you, go back and listen to that one on the SoundCloud or watch it on the YouTube channel. But we want to invite you to loving people well, sitting with them in the hard, murky, dark stuff. 
of their moments. Sitting with them when it, the kingdom frustratingly seems a long way away and the issue just doesn't seem to get resolved, but sitting with them nonetheless. We want to welcome you to sitting in that place with people, processing their grief. We want to welcome you into the moments where people are having great victory and you can just cheer them on at the success that you see God is having in their life and it's flourishing. And you can take great joy that you are family with what God is doing there in that one. We want to welcome you into that. I also want to welcome you, Nicole and I, we want to welcome you to helping the loved ones that you know are near death itself and help them prepare to meet Jesus in the heavens. What a privilege and an honour to be with those who in this next 12 months, be they extended family, work colleagues, friends, where you get to be there in their hardest moment to prepare them to meet the King. What a privilege. We want to welcome you to the, the, every chance you get with any extended family or friends where there's a newborn child and you get the privilege to hold that child. Just loose the heart of God into them for those few moments that you have them. Pray it over them, prophesy it over them, whisper it into their ears how much the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ loves them without measure. And every chance you get, do it and do it and do it again until they're old with no hair and crippled bodies. Just keep speaking it. We've got something to say. You got something to say. We want to welcome you to the kingdom life. Let me finish with these four little encouragements this morning. You know, all of this sort of stuff sounds really big and like, how on earth could I ever? Well, you know how you got here today in this building? You got out of bed and then you took a step and then you took another step. And then you took another step and another step and you just kept taking little steps. And some of you covered a lot of territory between where you live and here. So all I'm saying this morning is, as we start this new year with Jesus as the centrality of our life, just take one more step. That's, that's it. And after you've done that, just take the next one. Someone once asked me, once asked me, Kirk, how did you and Nicole, you know, it's like, how did, how did, how did you like, uh, you know, grow a couple of like these young people that seem like they kind of got it all together and they're doing okay? Well, it was just, what do we do now? Help us, Lord. And we took that step. And then we took the next step and we just kept taking the next step be it parenting or, or whatever it is. Just keep taking the next step. Here's the first one. I want to encourage you all this year, even before you leave here today, just take one step closer. Just one step closer to Jesus. Take one step closer and let him hear your prayers once again and enter into the promise of God. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. 
Just, just one step. It's not saying, I know you've asked me this big thing. I'm not sure I can go all that way, but maybe I could just take one small step towards you in this God. One small step towards obedience, of listening again with the intention of actioning what you hear. One small step towards God. What about one small step towards people? Let the compassion of Jesus fill your heart with your neighbour with a simple, can I help? Can I pay? My neighbour, new neighbour next door moved in. He helped point out the other day that our fence is starting to rot at the bottom of the fence. That fence has been there 10 years now, we've realised. It's had a bit of dirt up against the base of it and it's just kind of rotted through. I I leaned over and he showed me. I said, oh, it is too, mate. He said, do you think you could, you know, help fix that? And I said, I'll pay. I'll pay. He's like, oh, you don't have to pay. No, that's all right, mate, I'll pay. Just Just one practical step towards someone. Be it a fence, be it a relational issue, be it a, a, just any kind of circumstance. And then what about when, when someone we're with is injured or sick or ill or not doing so good? Can I pray for you now? <laughs> Can I pray for you? That's, a one, that's just one step. It's not leaping the whole staircase in one go. What about your family? You know that, that nagging sense in the back of your head? It's like, darn it, I know I have to pick up the phone, but I just don't want to. It's not easy to have a conversation with that member of my family. Pick up the phone. You don't know what's going to happen in the conversation. Don't preempt it. Don't try and figure it all. Just take the one step, pick up the phone, call them. Take one step towards someone. Let the compassion of Jesus fill you. You know, when Jesus looked out across the crowd and his, the words were, he saw that they were harassed and helpless and then he took a step towards them. What about this one? Keep one small step, the next one, towards gathering with the saints. This is a fundamental part of being a follower of Jesus. That to belong to Jesus is to belong to his people. Get together. And realise it's actually, (laughs) it's not about us. And yet it is at the same time. Because it's all about Christ. But we experience the beauty of who he is when we all get together. He turns up. He does things in our lives when we're with him and with each other. Just one more step towards gathering with the saints. One more step towards saying, God, I've prayed that prayer, you know, a million times. God, I want to do your will. We'll take it from like a something that you've shot into the atmosphere (laughs) and kind of just let it float away and 
take it from that posture to, God, I'm carrying this thing in me. I want to know your way. How do you do this, God? Teach me. And then posture your life as a student. Teach me. Invest in your relationship with Jesus. Get equipped to do what Jesus does. Just one small step towards gathering. And lastly, one more step towards generosity. Now, we automatically go to the money thing in our head, but actually, when I was writing this down, I was thinking about the spiritual gifts that are resident in each and every one of us. Lean towards those spiritual gifts that God's given you so that his power might flow through you for the sake of those around you. Lean into the generosity of the Spirit of God who lives within you. Welcome the people into your life that God is sending and serve the next generation. Just one step. I don't know how to be with children or young people or young adults. How does all that work? Just take one step towards it. Take one step towards them. They're waiting to receive from you what God has built into you for their life and their purpose. Give your time, give your energy, give your resources. Just one more small step. So let's just finish with where we started. Jesus is the centre of it all. And I love that little phrase of Wimbers, I'm a fool for Christ, who's full of you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kingdom. We thank you for the joy of knowing Jesus, your son. And some, I don't know everyone in the room right now, God, but there might be some of us in this room right now who are like, you know what, I want to take a step closer to you today, Jesus. I want to draw near to you that you might draw near to me. I want your life to come and make sense of my life. I really do want you to be my Lord. Show me the way. I'm stepping towards you, Jesus. And I just bless your hearts for those of us in this room who are doing that today. I bless that in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I, th- I just thank you for the, um, just how Paul was this guy who was like, no matter what was going on in the culture and the context as, 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 you know, complex as it all was for Paul and even as it is for us, some of us right now are feeling like, God, it's a little overwhelming. I feel a little lost and unsure, inadequate, and I, I really don't know if I've got anything to say. And, and to be honest, I'm a bit scared about saying anything at all. Oh, Father, would you just pour out your spirit on your kids today? Pour out your spirit on your kids. Empower each and every one of them. Empower each and every one of them to know that you, Jesus, are the centre of it all. You are the centre of it all. 